0: All right. Thank you, Scott Shannon. Thanks to all of you for being with us. Here's our toll free number. It's 800 941 Sean. You want to be a part of the program? Well, we start with a little fun today. I mean, as long as nobody got hurt, the national Christmas tree toppled to the ground at Joe Biden's White House, which I would say is rather symbolic of Joe Biden's presidency uh, just crashing and burning. And anyway, that's what a lot of people have been saying. Uh, that the White House Christmas tree falling down. Yeah, that's pretty much symbolic of Joe and his presidency and how bad it is. And uh, unfortunately, we're going down with the ship, and and that's what we hopefully need to avoid. Um, we do have some news, and I don't think a lot of people are understanding it as it relates to the Joe Biden, and it is the Joe Biden bribery and money laundering scandal allegations that we have been talking about. And I, I got an update because we had on uh, James Comer, last night on, on Hannity. And I don't think a lot of people seem to understand it. Greg Jarrett wrote a great piece on it um, because Hunter Biden was served with a subpoena. Now, a subpoena is an order. In other words, the law compels you to comply. You don't get to dictate the terms. And I don't know, maybe Biden, Hunter, as usual, thinks he's above the law. I think in the end, the The family thinking was uh, just just stick this out. We'll get somebody to give you a sweetheart deal. It'll all go away, and they almost got there. They came very very close. And the fact that the statute of limitations were allowed to run out on the tax years as it relates to Burisma, yeah, that was that was not an accident. Trust me, and that wouldn't happen to anybody with the last name Trump or anybody, frankly, that was a prominent Republican or a conservative. Anyway, so, but what that means is. He is trying to avoid the subpoena deposition that happens behind closed doors. And they're saying, no, no, we, we would like to do it out uh, publicly and just have a public hearing. Now, James Comer, to his credit, said, sure, we'll be glad to give you a public hearing. But first, you have to follow the law, and the law compels you to comply. Now, this also, we have a precedent for this. Uh, Steve Bannon was served a subpoena, which would have, caused him to do a closed-door deposition. Uh, He was asking for a public hearing. He wanted it to be public. They said no, and he ended up getting, you know, charged in that particular case, as did Peter Navarro. So now I would imagine if, in fact, Hunter Biden doesn't show up to the sworn deposition, I would imagine that the same laws would be applied to Hunter Biden. Uh, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't applied. That's the problem. Because we don't have, with this Justice Department, this DOJ, under Joe Biden, it's part of the, his executive branch. We don't have equal justice or equal application of our laws. That's a big problem. But anyway, I mean, the, these are going to be deep penetrating questions. It has taken this committee months and months and months to do a deep dive digging into financial records. You know, having a difficult time even getting s- suspicious activity reports, finding these, what James Comer has been describing as shell corporations, uh, where the money has come from with the shell corporations, the amount of money put into the shell corporations, uh, what what services were rendered for the tens of millions of dollars that his committee have, has identified as going into these shell corporations, and as he says and claims, The evidence showing going to not one but 10 Biden family members. Now, by the way, financial records don't lie. We know in the case and and where Joe gets involved in this is Joe lied repeatedly. Joe Biden said he never spoke to his son, Hunter. He said he never spoke to his brother. He He said he never spoke one time to any other person about their foreign business deals. And we know now that is absolutely a lie. He said it as a candidate. He said it as a president. And Joe Biden, in fact, we now know participated, according to their partner Devin Archer, in at least 20 phone calls with Hunter, and and with others, and and actually even had dinners with some of these foreign business partners, like Elena Batarina from uh, from Russia, former first lady of Moscow, who, by the way, mysteriously was kept off uh, a the, the list of uh, people that were supposed to be sanctioned when Russia invaded Ukraine. She magically didn't get included in that group. But anyway, so the committee now has volumes of incriminating evidence, and they're going to be asking Hunter questions about what services he provided. We know under oath, well, not under oath, we know on television, he was very clear. And he said that, in fact, he had no experience in energy oil gas coal ukraine and he certainly had no experience with china but yet he's getting millions of dollars from burisma and then after his vice presidency this happened during the term when he was vice president and joe was in charge of ukraine policy we we have a timeline the timeline is october of 2015 joe the obama administration policy after an interagency study decided that enough progress had been made on the issue of corruption in Ukraine that they could now move forward with $1 billion in loan guarantees. That was their official policy. Then five days in December of of 2015, the same year, five days before he went to Ukraine, well, he got a phone call. It was his son, Hunter. Hunter was with Burisma executives. This was at the point where they were desperately needing, quote, D.C. help. In other words, what did Joe do to help them? Because it certainly wasn't D.C. help, meaning Hunter is going to help out on the D.C. front. That would have to happen from Joe. Anyway, five days later, Joe goes to Ukraine, later brags before the Council on Foreign Relations about how he leveraged one billion taxpayer dollars, demanding that the prosecutor, that Burisma executives desperately wanted fired because they were being investigated, that Joe leveraged that money, got him fired within six hours. Ukraine got their billion in loan guarantees that they were going to get anyway. Supposedly, he was there to deliver. And Hunter continued to sit on the board of Burisma with no experience at a time he's admittedly been addicted to drugs and got paid millions of dollars. And we have the WhatsApp message. Another oil giant. This one out of China, CEFC, state-owned big energy conglomerate. And sure enough, you know, why haven't you, I'm sitting here with my father. Why haven't you followed through on your commitment? And between everybody he knows and my ability to hold the grudge, you're going to regret not following through on your commitment. We're sitting here waiting for your phone call. Okay, what happens? In the next five or six days, $5 million was wired to one of the shell corporations. Huh. And anyway, so there's, there's a lot of questions to ask here. Would any other American ever get a deal like that? No. Then we got the $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China that we can talk about as well. So, you know, if you understand what the law compels you to do and the fact that, you know, we have a case where, where, you know, Joe Biden is, you know, or or Hunter Biden wants to change the rules, that's nice. But if he doesn't comply with the subpoena, the subpoena is an order the subpoena compels him to comply and he wants to attempt to try and change the rules fine the attempt has been made and the attempt has failed and some people say well that means that that, that probably you know uh, hunter doesn't you know doesn't want to be behind closed doors cuz he feels that he he wants the public to hear everything that's not it at all cuz there are things that can be said in private that cannot be said in a public hearing regarding these legal issues you know, I like Jonathan Turley's column today, the Bidens are best at doing exactly what the chairman wants. Those words came from Hunter Biden to a Chinese businessman at the height of this alleged influence peddling, you know, scheme, you know, syndicate, whatever you want to call it known as the Biden family. And after years of delay and denials, a house, the house is about to confirm exactly what the Bidens were so good at doing, he writes, and then he says what foreign figures wanted so much that they were willing to pay the Bidens millions of dollars. Hunter Biden is now scheduled to appear before the House Oversight Committee on December 13th to answer these questions about what has been alleged to be the largest influence-peddling operation in the history of this country. And despite that subpoena, he's still demanding conditions for answering questions. Well, that's not going to fly, according to James Comer. I don't blame Abby Lowell, who's a great attorney. This guy got off... Senator Menendez is the last time he was in legal trouble. This guy got off John Edwards when he was in legal trouble. He represented during the whole Russia hoax stuff, Jared and Ivanka Trump. This is a real lawyer. However, I give him an A for effort. However, he will be compelled to testify. Uh, but this sense of entitlement, the idea that you can somehow dodge this, what's going to be interesting to me is if he doesn't want to testify. And he takes the route, makes the choice that Steve Bannon, Peter Navarro made. And they knew the consequences, what the possibilities of consequences were, but they stuck by their principles. I give them a lot of credit for it, but it's certainly unfair because there's been so many examples of this happening and nobody ever gets charged. Um, A California grand jury, according to ABC News, the special counsel, David Weiss, is using an L.A.-based federal grand jury to pursue their years-long tax investigation. But David Weiss was the guy that offered the sweetheart deal in the first place. David Weiss was the guy that didn't want to charge him at all in the first place. Then when that got exposed, then he had the sweetheart deal that fell apart in, in a court in Delaware, and everybody thought this was all going to be done and and complete and buried. But now that's not going to happen. And now what's interesting is Hunter Biden has friends worried that some Democrats are betting on, you know, for political expediency uh, reasons, that well, the Biden family may just have to make Hunter the sacrificial lamb in all of this, that Joe had no knowledge, all those phone calls, all those meetings at Cafe Milano, had no knowledge of any of this, or the fact that we have a paper trail of monies being spent from Hunter Biden. He claimed half his income he had to give to Pops, and then he complained bitterly about paying for Pops' home repairs, Uh, and 10% for the big guy, as Tony Bobolinski has said. But Hunter Biden now says that he'll testify publicly, and Comer said, No, I'll let you testify publicly after you do the legally required deposition. So, and Comer has pointed to the Democrats' treatment of people like Steve Bannon as the reason, you know, because Comer told me last night that Biden would still get the public hearing, but the longstanding process of a congressional inquiry tip typically begins with a closed door deposition. And, you know, apparently, uh, Hunter's attorney, Abby Lowell, suggesting that the congressional closed-door sessions may have been used to manipulate or distort facts and misinform the public. Well, usually, you get a full transcript of everything that goes on there, and that was confirmed by Comer last night. But anyway, Fox News obtained a letter of this, and uh, Hunter's attorney suggesting that, um, in fact, you know, the closed-door session may be used to man- uh, manipulate or distort the facts and misinform the public. Well, again, the whole thing's going to be transcribed and handed out to the public, and that light should shine on the proceedings. No, because there's a lot of questions you probably can't answer in, in public. That's the problem. That's a big problem. Anyway, eight hundred nine four one. Sean is on number. Now we are on the eve of our big red versus blue state debate with Ron DeSantis and Governor Gavin Newsom. We'll be in Alpharetta, Georgia tomorrow. Hope you can uh, join us for that. Uh, A lot of you have been writing with suggestions, ideas, questions. I'm I'm, I'm listening to everybody. Now, I have a list I've already made. I've done my research. I have my questions prepared. The problem is I have too many of them. So now I've got to go through the process of elimination. and, And really, in my mind's eye, what I'm trying to do is focus on issues that impact people's lives. And most people, you know, why are you doing the state versus state? We're about to head into a presidential election cycle. I'm like, do you not realize that your state, the laws that they adopt, the regulations they impose usually and often have a bigger impact than anything that the federal government does ever do to you? I mean, it's kind of crazy. All right, Sean if you want to be a part of the program. We all know what happened. Sadly, this terrorist attack on October 7th, Israel struck by this massive devastating attack and since then the idf has been continuing to expand their ground operations right now they're in the middle of a pause uh we'll get into this later how the biden government biden administration is now uh trying to pressure israel to have a permanent pause they're saying one thing publicly i'm being told they're saying things behind the scenes that are very different but anyway november 22nd israeli government approved a plan to secure the release about the of these 50 hostages Three groups of hostages, maybe four now, have been released, with additional groups now expected to follow. Um, And on November 27th, Israel and Hamas agreed to the four-day ceasefire. Then they had the two-day extension. Anyway, while negotiations continue, over 200,000 Israelis, they've lost their homes. They've had to evacuate their families. Uh, They have no place to go. But thankfully, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, they're on the ground right now in Israel, they're providing critical essentials like food and medicine and water and shelter and other emergency supplies. Uh, they really desperately need help. They have so many people that need help right now through no fault of their own, victims of this this terror attack. Anyway, anything you could do to help them in this time of need would be amazingly appreciated. HannityForIsrael.com. Just go to the website. It's one, one word, HannityForIsrael.com. And we hope you can give as generously as possible because these 200,000 plus people need help.